I'm Matt McCarthy for Rugby Wrap Up at the Studio 50. Not, it's not Studio 54. <laughs> I'm out. I had a little, who the hell am I? Coming up next on Rugby Wrap Up, Matt McCarthy and Brian Ray of America's Rugby News Talk Major League Rugby. Rugby Wrap Up brought to you in part by the Balanced Palette, Nutrition for Peak Performance, and the Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street, the world's best rugby pub. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy in the Fantasy Sports Network, Studio 34 in Midtown Manhattan, talking Major League Rugby. And joining me is the man, the myth, the legend behind America's Rugby News, our man up in Halifax, Brian Ray. Brian, welcome to Rugby Wrap-Up. Great to be here again, Matt. Uh, Guilty as charged, I have to say. (laughs) <laughs> All right, Brian, I know that you're pressed for time after our, our stellar, staller interview with Brock Stoller of the Seattle Seawolves, uh, but we have to recap and look at uh, Major League Rugby. We had a little Major League Rugby talk, so why don't you start us off with that San Diego thrashing of yeah, uh, what, Glendale. What a thrashing indeed. I know I, I certainly did not see this coming. I don't know how many people did. You know, they tied the first time they played, so I expected something really close. Uh, it wasn't close at all. Glendale were nowhere to be seen. A record defeat for them, 46-15, to 15, the final score. That set piece of Glendale is really concerned. The scrum, the line-out just not functioning as well as it needs to be. And, and uh, you know, once you give those guys, Mike Teo and, and Ryan Matias and, and Nick Boyer, have to give a shout-out to him, playing out of position on the wing, dude, really well. Uh, you know, they just blew the doors off them. What a, what a statement win, you have to say, for, for San Diego. Yeah, you know, the thing about San Diego is they've got three key players. They've got great players like you just named, but they've got guys that are key players at key positions on and off the pitch in uh, uh, Patty Ryan, the Australian prop who has just been a wrecking machine. you got Lou Stanfield, the part-time player, who's playing all these minutes at lock and brings his three Rugby World Cups to the table. And you've got Joe Peterson at number 10 who... You know, is is definitely in MVP consideration. Yeah, no, uh, no doubt about that. I think Patty Ryan's probably the signing of the season uh, based on the impact. I mean, you think about last year, San Diego Scrum was going backwards at a rate of knots, and this year, all of a sudden, they're crushing everybody. Uh, and as you said, Sweet Lou in the second row, turning back time. He's been absolutely stellar for them. The number of minutes he's done, and, and Peterson's just a machine. The guy's just—he's the classiest player in the league. He's unbelievable. Uh, you know, you gotta you gotta think that a guy like Sam Windsor is looking at Joe Peterson and having the what ifs go through his head week after week. But we'll get to that. We'll get to Houston in a moment. Uh, what were your final thoughts on the San Diego thrashing of the Raptors? Well, I think that really puts uh, Glendale's spot in the playoffs under question. San Diego now all of a sudden shoots right up. If they're not favorites for the title, they're certainly in the top two. You'd have to, even given that, uh, you know, Seattle and Nola are, are pretty close, but San Diego are right up there. Uh, they just got so much firepower after that. Uh, they got a lot of the pieces, so they look they look good. Glendale, you're going to have to worry a, bit, a little bit if you're a fan. Uh, they might not make it in the top four. Yeah, and, and you know what? It's a tight six. You know, you and I are in this uh, list of experts that pick the winners each week, and it's not going to get any easier, specifically now that all the teams that had been playing on the road are at home. You've got the teams getting healthy or some of them getting healthy or some of them not getting healthy, which could be a a pivotal factor. But it's down to the nitty-gritty. It's must-win games. And, you know, we almost had an epic upset on Saturday when 
the Utah Warriors came into New York City to play Rooney. It was just a, a it was one of those matches where Coach Mike Tolkien is going to get second guessed again, like he did for the Austin match about resting certain players uh, or giving guys a blow, and you know people saying, "Hey, man, you, you almost lost that match." I didn't see it that way. I don't think that I think over the course of the season you have to pick your spots, and in those matches they are two and zero. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and, and and you have to give a bit of credit to Utah as well. I mean, these guys have a stellar backline. Gannon Moore is just a, a phenomenal player at outside center. You give him room to run, and he's going to burn you. I mean, Don Potty is just a human highlight reel there, and uh, to be able to bring a guy like Josh Whippy in off the bench, uh, that really speaks to their depth as, as well out there. So, uh, you know, you, you have to give them some credit. They are a dangerous side. Uh, but, you know, New York pulled out the win at the end. Their forwards rolled up the sleeves. They got it done. And uh, so, you know, just a good close battle in that one. And that's that's really been the hallmark of, uh, of Major League Rugby this season, how competitive it's been. Yeah, you know, one could argue that the Utah – Warriors are a 65-minute team, and if this was like a version of Global Rapid Rugby and it was a 65-minute or a 60-minute match, these guys would be the, the forefront of the league. But it's not. It's an 80-minute match, and it's been tragic for these guys in the last 20 minutes. Just heartbreak each week because, as you say, they have good players. Don Patty, what an unbelievable uh, performance. You know, specifically the one try where he, he makes the tackle to stop the, the try stem the tide of the New York pressure that's going in for the, the nail in the coffin. He gets up, gets tripped, gets back to his feet, runs all the way down the pitch, and passes it off for Gavin uh, for Gannon Moore. Like, just an amazing try. Oh, no, the guy is just incredible. I mean, you think you've got him down, and he's up, and next thing you know, he's 60 meters down the pitch, and he's beaten half your team. And then when you look who they, they're bringing off the bench, Fetu Uvai Nicolo, the big Tongan, and, and, and Josh Anderson's not even in the 23, and that guy is, you know, grease lightning, 6'5", sprinter down there. I mean, it's just frightening the number of outside backs they've got on that team. But they are, I believe, 1-8-1. and one. So what the heck has happened? Yeah, you know, it, it, that's got to be frustrating for, I'm sure, for them and as well and for Alf Daniels, the coach. But, uh, you know, they, they kind of, it seemed like they got their uh, their preparations a, a little bit delayed at the beginning of the season. Uh, they've been, you know, they had a few, a few injuries along the way. Um, you know, it's hard to say really, but they just haven't been able to put those pieces together. As you said, they haven't really put together an 80-minute performance this season. So maybe maybe it's the fitness that just doesn't, uh, that just wasn't up to scratch uh, in, in their preseason buildup. So it's it's hard to say, but, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, they just haven't fired this year. All right. Uh, and I just want a quick note to Dylan Fawcett, who was picked as man of the match. He went from eight-man for the first 40-plus minutes and then switched to hooker when Matt Houston came in. But Rooney's got some injuries in that back line. They've had injuries all year long. Luke, Luke Hume started with a scrum cap. He threw the scrum cap off, and they did okay. I don't know if it's related, but I'm going to stick with that, Luke, because I'm a fellow uh, bald guy. Uh, the next match up, my friend, was that your Arrows and Houston? It was indeed. Uh, you know, the Arrows, they scored really quickly to start the game. By the half-hour mark, they had three tries in. Uh, another one that was missed by the officials. Uh, you know, and then the wheels kind of came off for about, you know, 10 or 15 minutes, and all of a sudden it was tie, and, you know, uh, everybody up north was certainly sweating a bit because, you know, the, the arrows really need these points to get into the playoffs now, but they, they pulled themselves together. They got it done in the end, two tries uh, to finish it off, 35-21 uh, the final score. So they got the bonus point win, and uh, they're still in the picture. What's the word? What's the word on that pitch? 
Yeah, well, you know, they're, they've only got a couple games left there. So uh, that's kind of the backup pitch next year. Uh, well, depending on where they'll go, but they'll be at the, the, the better. There's two fields on that campus, at York campus. There's a, they're at Alumni Field. They're going to be moving the York Lions, uh, well, possibly next season. We'll see. But that's a, a much better pitch. So, you know, it's really not the best pitch. It's pretty obvious when you, when you look at it and, and you know, pretty pretty clear from what we've seen. But, uh, you know, it is what it is, and uh, they'll be at uh, Lamport pretty soon, which will be a, a step up in a much bigger venue. And who is it, Lucas Rumble, who is basically the rugby-playing Aquaman? I know Aquaman made an appearance at the Vancouver Sevens, but <laughs> Lucas Rumble is, is him incarnate on the pitch. Yeah, it'll be him versus uh, Vernon Alley over at, uh, over at Utah fighting for that claim. <laughs> exactly. And then we had an epic Major League Rugby match for the ages in Seattle at Starfire, CBS 10 p.m. Eastern time, a little bit late, but well worth waiting for. They had the, the, the Seawolves and the NOLA Gold going at it. And this was, this was a battle, just a tremendous and entertaining match. Oh, absolutely. You know, I was glued to my seat watching that. That might be my, my favorite uh, MLR match of all time, to be honest. It, it, it really had everything. It had huge hits right in the beginning. It had Moni Tongawea and Appy Nakatini laying down thunder. So both teams just going right at it. Uh, you know, some great backline play. Of course, Brock Stoller, sensational kicking in the atmosphere. I mean, when you get 3,750 people in Starfire packing that place, uh, absolutely terrific. You know, the, the whole respect the kicker routine they've got, it, it really felt to me like, you know, that's proper professional rugby. Everything about it, the, I thought the officiating was pretty good. I thought the production and quality was good. To me, that's the new gold standard for Major League Rugby. Yeah, they, they are the they are leading the charge with that, that stadium. But did you say the respecting the kicker thing? Because uh, I've been to Starfire, and the minute the, the opposing kicker, ask Will, ask Will McGee. They don't respect the kicker at all. Are you kidding? Maybe it was just because Brock was kicking so much. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's the thing. So, And I actually talked to him on the field after uh, their op opening day win against the Raptors. And they were just making all kinds of noise, doing whatever they could when Will McGee was kicking. But the minute that Stoller lined up, it was quiet. It was it was a church. It was ridiculously quiet. And he said he prefers it noisy when he kicks. And I think that that's just the opposite of a lot of these guys. No, you know, it's actually not that bad when it is loud because it's just like, you know, it's just you and the kick and no big deal kind of thing. It's a little more eerie when it is quiet like that, but just you got to embrace the experience. It depends where you are in the world, right? You know, you go to a match in uh, in the UK or in England or in Ireland, Wales, they're all going to be quiet, but maybe if you go to France, you know, see a top 14 game, there's going to be some jeering. Sure. Same with the New Zealand. Band so playing. Got to build your own culture, right? Especially in the US here, a fan-centric sport. We got to better build something to try and keep the game and momentum going. So I think it's a good thing if the fans are involved. Yeah, maybe this is just an orchestrated conspiracy from Tony Riddell to throw off all the, the people getting in there. I think you might be onto something. Riddell is a conspiracy guy. I get it. I get it. Watching you, Riddell. He's not hard to. You're not hard to find, pal. We're watching you. Raise rugby, America's rugby network, and rugby wrap up. And we're just kidding, Tony. But the the some of the key components of that match. You had uh, Richard, Richard Harding as the captain, and I believe he was the man of the match. That guy was all over the pitch. But again, you got Matthew Drew Turner running up and down all over the place, and the NOLA guys, no quitting them whatsoever. They were just nonstop. And you've got some really good names, including three key Canadian players who I'm just wondering why they're not on Toronto. 
You got what? <laughs> Bailey, um, Eric Howard, right? And who else am I missing? There's some uh, that, that are playing with Toronto. And Hubert mean, with, Biden's with, there as well. Yeah, yeah, Hubert Biden's. These guys, I know he's a little long in the tooth, but he's getting the job done. Those are three key, key components. And, and what if they took all the Canadian players and put them all on the arrows? Because you've, well, that, you've got Stoller, you've got Phil Mack, you've got these three guys on NOLA. I mean, is that a consideration well, listen, we're, you know, Canadians are very generous people and, you know, they can't keep everything for themselves. They want to make sure that, the, you know, the playing field is level. So we're just kind of lending those guys out, helping everybody out. You know, Austin's got a bunch of five of them now, too, as well. So, uh, you know, you got to spread the wealth a little. You can't if, if the arrows had everybody, I mean, come on, it would be a, a perfect season. They'd be wiping the floor with everyone else. All right. So maybe what you're saying is this will translate into hockey and you'll the Canadians will give the New York Islanders the cup. So they can present it in, in New York City. All right. Anyway, we're getting silly. Uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll come right back with what we think of what's ahead right after this. I've been blind since I was four, and I've never seen a beer commercial or a beer label. None of that stuff influences me. I drink beer because of the taste, and my beer is Pabst Blue Ribbon. It has the taste and the flavor. What do you think is on the label? I think there's a, a naked woman riding on a unicorn, jumping over fire. Oh, that's good beer. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub, The Pig & Whistle, on West 36th Street. And we are back. Uh, Matt McCarthy and Brian Ray of America's Rugby Network. Brian, uh, what's, what's coming up ahead of us? We've got Rooney at Glendale, Friday Night Lights. And, you know, for both teams, really a must win. Absolutely. This is a huge matchup at Infinity Park. And it's going to be hard to pick a winner for this one. Uh, you know, uh, I think Brock said it was going to be a tie and he, you know, he might, he might, you know, it might be onto something here. Uh, you know, Glendale are a wounded animal after getting thrashed in San Diego and, and Rooney just haven't looked themselves. Uh, you know, they lost again to San Diego and then they, you know, they really uh, had a challenge there in Utah. So, you know, they're going to be, want to make make a statement as well, but they're on the road. Infinity park is a tough place to win. Um, Geez, this is going to be a close one. I, to be honest, I might be leading towards Glendale in this one. I know who you're going to pick. Well, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm going with Rooney. A because I live near these guys and they will kick my ass, and I don't like getting calls in the middle of the night from Dylan Fawcett when I'm wrong. So, but I have a, I have a more um, rational reason for picking Rooney in this one, and that is that players on Rooney played in Glendale. They're familiar with it. It's almost a homecoming. You got Dylan Fawcett and John Quill. They know all about that, and they they set the tone for this team anyway, in a lot of ways. So I'm picking Rooney in that one. So you're saying Glendale? What what's your score line? Oh, geez, uh, I'll I'll go with uh, 26-24 Glendale. Uh, a Will McGee conversion, the difference. Well, you know what? You you might be right because it, this week it's going to depend on how the physio does with. The guys in the back line for Rooney because they are really hobbled. They're you know, they're all limping. Mark O'Keefe, who is tough as nails, stayed on the pitch uh, despite what looked to be him pulling a hamstring. Had a great run, great pass, 
back to the ground, and then was carried off the pitch basically with what looked to be a bad hamstring. So I appreciate the courage that the guy has, but I'm wondering, Mark, what the heck you're thinking when you got the hamstring thing. Anyway, uh, youth, right? Something that um, Oscar Wilde said about youth. Anyway, the next one up, Austin at Utah. Can a 65-minute team beat a snakebit team? <laughs> yeah, you know, two teams that are really out of the playoff picture at this point. Uh, you know, some of these guys may be playing for jobs next season. Uh, I, I like Canadians over at uh, over at Austin, but they haven't really put together again uh, an 80, 80 minute performance this season. Uh, Utah, you know, they just look a little bit more put together right now, and a few more dangerous weapons in the back. And I think the really key player for this one uh, is Utah number ten, Josh Reeves, the uh, Brazil international. He's he's an accomplished player, really good, uh, sound kicker. Uh, Rodrigo Silva has been playing ten for for Austin. He's really a fullback. He's Uruguay's fullback. Uh, he's not really a ten. So I think. You know, that position's a problem for them, and I think that'll be the difference. The ability of Reeves to really pin them back and play field position. I'm thinking that the heat that Austin is accustomed to playing in might not work in their behalf in Utah. And I think Utah is the stronger team, but every time I pick one of these kinds of matches, I'm wrong. But I'm going to go with the home team in this one. I'm going to go with Utah. I think they have the firepower to get that one through. All right. And we've got another must-win for two teams, arguably. Seattle at Tirana, as they say in hockey circles. Yeah, uh, it, you know, it's certainly a must-win for, for Toronto. If they lose this, uh, that, that could be all she wrote. You know, that, that 50-50 start to the season, it was tough. Uh, you know, there's a couple uh, results that... Maybe could have gone the other way, but, you know, it is what it is. Here we are, and they got to win against Seattle. They, they're probably going to get the bonus point as well. Um, I'm, I'm leading, uh, you know, I, I picked the Toronto to make the uh, the playoffs, knowing that the uh, the opening start to that season, that eight-game road streak was going to be difficult. So I have to stick with the Canadians, like you said. I'll get, I'll get stick if I don't pick them. I think it's going to be incredibly close. Um, uh, I'm gonna pick Canada. I'm gonna pick uh, Toronto by about three points. I think Sam Malcolm, their outstanding Kiwi fly half, again uh, maybe send over a penalty and, and a kick fest against Brock Stoller. It's, it's gonna be an awesome match. So uh, this is this is the one for me to watch this weekend. I think it's gonna be a a real barn burner in Toronto. Uh, you know what? I think I think the champions have the steel to get by in this one, even on the road in a hostile Canadian environment. Is there is, is that an oxymoron? Hostile can Canadian environment. <laughs> <laughs> well, but outside of the, hockey, outside of ho- outside <laughs> of hockey, everybody, just save your letters. That's okay. right. Well, you know, there's going to be a lot of angry fans out there this weekend. <laughs> oh man! At a certain point, you got to say, can you just keep it in Canada and give it to one of the older teams? All right, all right. We could talk hockey at, an, at another show, but uh, all right, we got one left. The San Diego Legion heading down to Houston to face the SaberCats. What do you think? Yeah, that's right. And it's interesting. This one got moved. It was supposed to be played at the new Aviva Stadium, which uh, looks like it's going to be a spectacular venue. But as we saw in that uh, Seattle game, the turf just isn't ready. It hasn't taken. There's no roots. It was torn to shreds in the opening minutes. So uh, they made a good decision. They moved that to Dyer Stadium, where they played last year. So it's not, uh, you know, a foreign venue at all. Uh, But we saw what San Diego did to Glendale last week. I don't think there's... Any room for discussion? This one, this one's going to be a legion all over this one. Sabercats, just uh, yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe grab a pillow to cry in, fans, because uh, this one could get ugly. 
So do you think that the guys that laid the turf down, the grass down, are high, were high-fiving each other during the game because they said, hey, we told you so, and they knew they were going to get paid again to resaw the place? <laughs> that's a that's an interesting angle on that one. I don't know, man. That was uh, that was quite the sight. Right that's just the New Yorker. That, that's the New oh, Yorker Jesus. in me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The grass. Yeah, we'll put the grass. You oh, you want to play Tuesday? Yeah, go ahead. We'll put it down. Yeah, yeah. I'm just uh, I'm just thinking that had to be the fact. The guys had to say, "There's no way. There's no way in hell you could play a rugby game on this, guys." And no, 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 no. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Right? I don't know. You really have to wonder who thought that that was going to be a good idea. <laughs> All right. Well, I got to tell you something. It's been a pleasure having you on here, despite the fact that my picks are crushing your picks this year. Brian, you want to <laughs> you want to say something to the folks at home? You want to apologize for your picks this uh, year? Yeah, I might have to rescind my expert card next season. It's just been an embarrassing campaign. I picked Utah one week, and they got absolutely destroyed. So, uh, yeah, uh, no excuses. Uh, from here on out, it's a complete crapshoot, coin toss all the way Uh Best of luck and uh, congrats, Matt. You're killing me. Uh, as long as as long as Pengelly's around, you're safe. Yeah, right? I think even he's doing better than oh. I am. I got no legs to stand on in this argument. Oh, that's bad. That's it. You know, it's gonna. You know, they have the Mendoza line in baseball. It's gonna be the Rays rugby line in <laughs> <laughs> expert picking. Well, we won't call it America's rugby news. We'll separate it at least for you. <laughs> right. All right. Now, but thank you, my friend, for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Always a uh, great time, and uh, yeah, anytime I'll be back. Cheers, everybody. Thank you. And on that note, on behalf of Mr. Brian Ray of America's Rugby News, check it out. I'm Matt McCarthy at the Fantasy Sports Network Studio 34 in New York City for Rugby Wrap-Up, signing off.